guys and welcome back to Open Your Own Door Podcast. I feel like I haven't recorded an episode in forever, but I feel like it's because last week I recorded my episode super early, so I was just waiting to post it until Monday, and that wasn't the case this week. But regardless, happy Monday, you guys! I hope everyone had a good Friday the 13th. I hope nothing creepy or spooky happened to anyone because that's not the business. Um, (laughs) I had like the busiest weekend of my career, period. Like the, the busiest weekend of my career. I think I've worked a total of like 20 hours in two days. It's pretty crazy. I'm I'm pretty exhausted, but we're here. We're thriving. <laughs> but I wanted to start this podcast episode and kind of give you guys a little intro and kind of explain to you what today's going to be about. Um, so we're going to have a guest today, and I'm so excited. I... I haven't had a guest on this ep- on this podcast yet, and this so this will be our first guest, and I am super honored, and I am super excited. Um, I think that this podcast episode will probably be the best one yet. I'm not gonna lie, I'm really really excited for it. Um, but regardless, I'm really really excited to be here and to be chatting with you guys on this beautiful Monday. This rain's been kind of killing me. I don't know if it's killing anyone else. I'm sitting here drinking a nice warm cup of coffee and just trying to stay warm because it's crazy out there. Um, But yeah, I don't don't really know if I need to do much more of an intro. I just kind of wanted to give you guys a little recap on my weekend. Um, I did tons of piercings and tons of hand poke tattoos, which for those of you guys who don't know, Aside from my podcast, I run a full-service beauty bar in Redlands, California. Um, I'm going to Instagram plug, so if you don't follow me, you should go follow my Instagram. (laughs) It's underscore the yellow door co, C-O. And I post everything that we offer. Um, It is, like I said, a full-service beauty bar, so we offer everything from nails to spray tans, to tattoos, to piercings, to lash lifts, to facials, to full body waxing. Like, we literally do it all. So if you guys are in the area, or if you guys are making a trip out to Redlands, or SoCal area, the Inland Empire, make sure you stop by, or send me a DM, and let me know you heard about us from the podcast, and come on by, because our spot is super fun, we're always doing stuff. Um, But yeah, so we did tons of hand pokes, and piercings this weekend um if you guys have never had a hand poke it's it's a stick and poke it's just exactly like what it sounds like it's a tattoo but instead of using a machine you are manually tattooing someone um and it's something I've recently discovered that I'm obsessed with so hence why I've just become infatuated with it and that's all I want to do now (laughs) but Yeah, like I said, I think that this intro can be kind of short um, because we're going to hop into the episode with our guest and I will wait to introduce her until I bring her on. 
but I hope you guys all really enjoy this podcast and I will talk to you guys soon. Bye. our guest here, Allison Anderson. She is a MD. She is a life and relationship coach. And I have a few questions that I wrote down for her, um, but we're just kind of going to dive into it. Just talk about life, her um, whole basically transition into her current career, which is her life coach, her relationship coaching. Um, And we're just going to talk about all things today all the things all the things (laughs) all the things yes so I will pass the mic off to you Allison and you can kind of give your give your introduction okay introduce yourself to everyone amazing yeah a little bit about yourself well I'm so happy to be here first of all I love everything that I see you doing and it's really exciting to be involved with another fellow female entrepreneur um so yes I am an MD I am a cardiothoracic anesthesiologist I'm actually still in practice so I work um not too far from here in the Southern California region where we are. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I am also a life and relationship coach. And I've actually been doing that for just over a year, basically. Awesome. So it's kind of a newer business, but um, I love just working with other women to really up-level their experience of their life. And I've focused mostly on relationships, but with any type of life coaching, even if someone comes to you for like one very specific problem, you always end up coaching all the people on all the things because we all have like the same stuff going on. Mm -hmm. Um, It just kind of presents differently. So I juggle both of those careers and I'm a mom of three girls that are very spunky and keep me on my toes. How old are they? They are 14, almost 12, and 9. Oh my gosh. Mm-hmm. Oh, so they're getting older. They're more yeah. independent. Yeah. They are like at the age where they can do a lot on their own, yeah. which is amazing. Yeah. And they're also at the age where they're like highly demanding in a new way. Because <laughs> <Yes. laughs> yours is little, right? She's two. Yeah. yeah. So like two is demanding in a two-year-old way, but right. like 14, they got their own set of stuff going on. Yes. So they definitely keep me on my toes. Um, And then I recently got married to my second husband. So we've been married. Actually, our six-month anniversary of marriage was yesterday. Oh, my gosh. Happy Yeah. So we're like newlyweds. That's um, yeah. But we've been together for a little over two years. Nice. So um, I've really used my relationship with him and like everything I learned through having a divorce from my girl's dad yeah. and all the things um, to inform kind of my life coaching business because yeah. I've been there. Absolutely. I feel like that's a really good thing when you've experienced it and gone through it. It's so much easier to give like that light at the end of the tunnel. Like there's mm-hmm. hope. Like yeah. keep going. And these things that I did, they helped me. And now I'm in a very happy, healthy relationship. Yeah. And like this is what happened in between A to A to B. Yeah. Basically. I do think that's important because, you know, in theory, like you don't have to have experienced everything to be able to help somebody with right. it, right? Like you don't have to be an expert in every single thing to be able to offer some kind of help or support. Um, but it's definitely, I think, inspirational. And I think that's kind of how a lot of my clients come to me is mm-hmm. they're like, I don't know what's happening over here and I don't know what life coaching is, but I do know that you seem to have come through something that was difficult yes. and I want that. Yeah. So it's definitely like really helpful. Plus it's just makes it easier for me to relate yeah. to a lot of my clients when we're talking about relationships. Cause I'm like, oh yeah, I know what you're saying. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like not just intellectually, but I can feel, you know, yeah. what that must feel like. Absolutely. So it's definitely helpful. So what was it that made you transition from 
just working mm-hmm. as an MD, and then now you have your life coaching and relationship coaching job or yeah. business. Yeah. What, what made you transition to something like that? So I have been a client of life coaching for, I don't know, five, six years. I've had a life coach in some capacity. And it was, you know, it's always these random things that you just stumble upon. Like I sort of just like stumbled upon this life coach. And I'm like, what the heck is a life coach? Like what's going on here? Yeah. And she was actually also a physician. So I was like, hmm, what's she got going on? And so then I really started to like work with her and different coaches. And so I've had a coach in some capacity always for the last, you know, six years or so. And really, probably a couple years ago, like two years ago-ish, I started to think, you know, this has been so transformational in my life. Like I can't not share this information with other women because – You know, for me, when I found life coaching, I was married to my first husband Mm -hmm. and things were really difficult. I was doing the whole like, well, I guess I'll just do this until the kids are 18. Guess I'll just not enjoy my life for the next decade plus. And when I found coaching, I was like, oh, there's a different way that's possible, you know. And then looking around at my women in medicine, like my colleagues at the hospital, I noticed that so many of us do the same thing. Mm -hmm. You know, we're like, well, I guess I'll just stay here for a while. I guess I'll just suffer through. I guess I can't have everything. You know, I got my career, but my relationship just has to suffer or whatever. So I thought, you know, I can really offer something. And the other part that I love about coaching is that it's such a creative experience because it's building a business, as you know. It's like you can do whatever you want. You can create anything you want. And that's very different than medicine, which feels very linear. Mm -hmm. And like you just do step A, you go to B, you go to C, and it's kind of laid out for you. But in a business and in coaching, you get to make it up as you go, which is super fun. That is awesome. So for those who don't know what a life and relationship coach is, Mm -hmm. can you explain that to us? Yeah, I get that question a lot, actually, because people, I think – And I don't know where we got this idea. Maybe it's from like old school life coaches or just like what we see on TV. But we imagine that a life coach is either like this rah-rah cheerleader Mm -hmm. who's like, you can do it. We're going to like do all these things. (laughs) Or they picture it as someone that's like very boot camp-ish. Like these are your goals. You're accountable to me. You know, you better like follow through. And life coaching, I mean, I guess it could be those things. But the type of coaching I do is really neither of those things. It's sort of um, has overlap with therapy in some ways, but the main distinction that I see between like therapy and coaching is that therapy is really for people who are having a hard time functioning. Mm -hmm. So they have something big going on. They might have past trauma that they need to work through. They might have a diagnosis that needs medication or other like psychiatric support, and they're just, they're not functioning super well. And so therapy and psychiatry and psychology, all of that is indicated and really important. Mm -hmm. Coaching is for those of us who are highly functional, we're doing okay. We have right. a pretty good life, yeah. but we want to take it to the next level. We want oh, to up level. We want to evolve our lives. Um, and so kind of the way it works with most coaching is that you meet with your coach either one-on-one or in a group setting, usually on Zoom these days since we're so high tech, yeah. um, <laughs> and which is fun because you can have people all over the world yeah. that you interact with, right? Yeah. But you meet with them and you talk through issues and you might bring something that you're working on or wanting to you know, get support around in your life or your coach might have like questions and things to dive into Mm -hmm. um, to help you like pull out what you really want to work on. Um, But it's all like a super non-judgmental space that we hold as coaches so that you can really discover what's going on for you. 
Gotcha. It's all about like self-awareness and seeing like what's happening in my brain that's making me do the things I do and create the results that I have. Mm -hmm. And do I like that or do I want to do something differently? Right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's so cool. I had no idea. I feel like, like you were saying, there's this kind of like misconception of what it's like. And then now so much has changed and evolved and now the definition of a life coach is a little different. Yeah, I really do think it has evolved because, you know, I do think probably the initial types of life coaches were these like ones that you see on TV that are super like serious or hardcore or whatever. And that's just not what it's like anymore for most coaches, I would say. It's really like a great, it's a really, the way I think of it too is like a really deep, you know, personal relationship, really. Like, it's a mentorship that I feel with my clients. It's a long-term, in a lot of cases, relationship that we form. And so it's someone who can really be, like, an outside source to help you see what's going on with you Mm -hmm. that has no, like, investment in what you do or don't do. Like, I don't care what my clients decide to do. I just want them to like their choices versus talking to your best friend or your partner or whomever. You know, they got a lot of their thoughts that come into their opinions, right? But your coach is just there to be neutral yeah. and help you very decide. unbiased yeah yeah exactly those decisions yeah oh, that's so yeah. fun yeah do you feel like your career as an md has impacted your decision to become a life and relationship mm. coach or do you feel like yeah. that's helped you or because i know that you um kind of relate to a lot of other physicians like you said mm-hmm. so a lot of things that you're talking about other physicians can probably relate to so did you ever have a moment while you were working and you were like oh, like I should be uh, like kind of a mentor for someone who's going through something similar. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I think that just being in medicine and seeing how like highly dysfunctional most people's lives become like during the pursuit of their career or just the the way that we struggle with, you know, balancing like things at home, things with work, um, the stress management and stuff of being in medicine in any capacity, like I really saw that there is a need for people to learn how to kind of like manage their own feelings and their own thoughts. Um, And then I think that also like having gone through all the training of medical school and all the things, and I mean, I do cardiac anesthesia, which is like very intense. That is. It's like helped me be so able to like handle anything like there's nothing that a client can say to me that will like really disturb me or make me like I don't know what to do with this like I can handle all of the things that they bring to me and so it just feels like if I can do that in my job at the hospital like it just sets me up for having so many tools to manage my own emotions and be able to really help other people manage theirs that's such a good point because I feel like once you overcome something And that's like a huge, I mean, that is a major accomplishment to be in your career path and Mm -hmm. to be doing what you're doing. And then to think like, oh, that's not so scary anymore to think about being a life coach and to think about pursuing something else. You're like, well, I basically do some of the hardest (laughs) things there are out there. Because in my opinion, that is terrifying. I could never imagine (laughs) doing your job. But once you accomplish that, you're like, oh, yeah, I can I can do this and it won't be as scary for me. Yeah, my medical career definitely has made me like, oh, I can do hard things. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So I like for able. sure I can I can like record a podcast even if everybody hates it. Right. It'll be okay. It'll, yeah. You know, it's we given me a lot of perspective. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Awesome. Yeah. Um, so I I kind of want to touch on because I'm thinking about your timeline. So when you said you started to really think about becoming a life and a relationship mm-hmm. coach, it was about two years ago, and that's also when you started 
um, dating your current husband. Yeah. So did he have an impact on you pursuing That's so this? interesting. Yeah, you know, it's funny because I haven't really, like, thought about that okay. in that way. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think for sure just the fact of my relationship with him – it has taught me so much and it's because I went into the relationship with him already having a lot of tools because I had had a coach for so long before I met him. So it's like, I felt so equipped to have like a highly amazing relationship with him versus my first marriage, which was not as amazing partially because of me, you know? So I think that I went into our relationship, like having so many tools and then I got to really see the result of that through our relationship and I think probably that did give me some amount of confidence of like oh I I know some things here like I could really help people with this and then his support of like oh you want to invest this amount of money in life coach training okay sure like he was very supportive about that the whole he always has been and so I think that that has really helped me you know really dive in because I can imagine you know being with a non-supportive partner Maybe I still would have done it anyway because it's like, well, whatever. I'm going to pay for it myself and right. who cares what you think. Yeah. But <laughs> having my support- Yeah. <laughs> but having a supportive partner definitely has helped. And he – my husband is very um, – he's never had a life coach. He doesn't, like, necessarily even believe that, like, he would need one or right. that everybody does. <laughs> but he's very, like – self-aware naturally which is kind of annoying because I'm like I've spent all this time working on myself to like get to this level and he's just naturally like, <laughs> like has this amazing perspective I feel yeah. like that's men in general right? right the brows the lashes they just have all, just, all the things come so easy I know like, they hmm. just have it good sometimes so <laughs> but because he is so self-aware he can sometimes really see things that I can't see. Like when I think, you know, oh, this thing in my business is hard or like, should I do this or what about this? He just has such a um, calm perspective that kind of reminds me of like all the things that I want to be thinking. He's already thinking them. I'm like, okay, I can do it. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, like confirmation that yeah. what you're thinking and what you're doing is, is the good, the right yeah. thing. Yeah. And it's okay. Yeah. yeah. And, and it's, it's all going to okay. be fine. Yeah. And he loves to bring it back to like, you know, babe, like, look at what you do at the hospital. This is, you can, this is fine. Like, this is okay. This is not a life or death situation. Because sometimes we, we make things up in our mind to be like a huge deal. And then you have to remember, okay, like everything's actually okay. I'm safe. Everything's fine. We can do hard things. Yeah, It's all okay. I love that. I think it's hard to kind of detach from that thought that you're having and realize that that everything is okay and we are gonna survive yeah we're gonna make it exactly yeah (laughs) exactly our brains are so strong I'm sure you Mm -hmm. have to coach people all the time about that like how like just crazy what our brains will make us think and how they make us feel well yeah I mean that's that's exactly why I think coaching is so important for so many of us because our brains they are just like thought generating machines that's what they do is they think all day long. We get caught up in like, oh, just because I have this thought, it must be true. Mm -hmm. But they're not always true. Like, in fact, the vast majority of our thoughts are not actually true. And they're probably not helpful. We just get stuck on them. And then we're like, but, but this is what my thought is. So it must be right. But it's like, all it takes sometimes is to drop that thought and you completely change your perspective on something. Yeah, I agree. I Mm -hmm. think that's an awesome way to look at look mm-hmm. at things yeah it's very difficult sometimes yeah to, yeah to do that to practice right. what we're preaching yeah. right well and I mean this is why like all coaches have coaches because right. even right. having all the tools 
and like knowing like oh it's just my thoughts they're optional that's why I'm feeling this way is because of what I'm thinking like we still forget that because we have a human brain right does it's like crazy brain things and then we need our coaches to be like you know you're just thinking that and it's not true you're like what (laughs) you know I still have my coaches be like you know that like you don't have to think about it that way. And I'm like, what do you mean? You're like, no, I, I do. Like, my brain is true. telling me. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, okay, reality check. Yes, yeah. come back. Uh, yeah. Wow. Um, so when you um, did decide to become a mm-hmm. life and relationship coach, what were some of the biggest obstacles? I mean, I feel like being in medicine for so long mm-hmm. And then transitioning, were there anything that came up where you were like, oh my gosh, is this the right path for me? Or like, Mm. should I be making such a drastic change in what I want to pursue? Like, what what kind of was that transition like? Yeah, so some of it is like always the thing about other people's opinions. You know, we just like love everybody to think we're amazing and like fully agree. We want everybody to be in full support of everything we do, even like people that don't really even matter in our lives we like want them to like us and think we're doing the right thing and that's just because we're like hardwired to fit in and have a community and stuff so we think it's really scary if someone disapproves of us somehow so for me like when I started to do my certification and like get serious like I'm gonna become a life coach there were definitely people that were like why would you do that Mm -hmm. first of all like what is that that sounds weird but also like you're a doctor so Can't you just be satisfied with what you got? You know, why would you try to change something that's already fine? Right. Um, And so there was some of that. Like even, I mean, I think even my parents are like, what are you doing? Like this, this seems a little bit extra, which I'm like, yes, I am very extra sometimes. So it's not surprising. (laughs) But, you know, I think even, you know, people that close to me don't even fully understand or like get why I would want to. So I definitely had a little bit of like, I wouldn't even call it pushback, but just people like kind of questioning, like, what are you doing? And so, of course, like when that happens, you sort of start to think like, wait, should I be doing this? Am I crazy? Um, But like, I'm pretty confident and I'm pretty um, sure of myself in a lot of ways. And I really believe in this work and I love it. So it was pretty easy for me to get past like all of those kind of weird objections. And honestly, like most people have been very supportive of the change, even if they don't fully understand it. Yeah. That's awesome. I feel like having that support, I, I feel like sometimes I'll talk to my husband about things and I'm like you and your your husband. Mm-hmm. He's very supportive of me and anything I do. He's like, let's do it. Like mm-hmm. he's full full send. He's like, I'm where where do I yeah like sign? What do I have to do? <laughs> like let's do it. And sometimes I'm like, I love how supportive he is, but it scares me because he's not gonna check me when I'm asking to do something crazy. Right. And then I also catch myself telling him like, oh, I don't want to talk about this idea I have because I don't want people to give a negative opinion. Mm. I don't want people to like give me any like pushback or make me really think about, okay, let's like pump the brakes, Mackenzie, and let's think this through. Mm -hmm. And I feel like sometimes when I'm going to have a conversation with someone, I am thinking like, are they going to be a super supportive person to talk Mm. about? Or are they going to be that person that's like, let's think about this. Let's work this through. So if someone came to you and was like, I'm having this issue, like this dilemma, like me, Mm -hmm. where I don't necessarily like hearing people tell me like, oh, I... I don't know if that's such a good idea. Maybe you need to like reconsider. And that kind of like makes me doubt, even though Mm -hmm. in my heart, I know it's a good idea and I want to do it regardless. I still let those outside 
opinions kind of sway me, yeah. how would you how would you like help help me get through yeah. that? <laughs> yeah, so I think I mean the the thing it comes down to is like what you said, if you know in your heart that this is something that you want, like whatever the decision is, mm-hmm. then that's good enough. And then the work is like trying to sort of tease out like why does it bother you that that the people might have a different opinion? Right. What's the problem? Right. I say that a lot to my clients, like they'll say something and very lovingly, I'm like, so what? Yeah. So what? So what if, you know, you know, Sally at the whatever store is, you know, questioning your choice? Right. Why is that a problem for you? Mm-hmm. And most of the time we say, OK, well, it's because I don't like the way that it feels mm-hmm. to have any sort of like rejection or um, criticism. But part of doing big things is getting comfortable feeling stuff that isn't necessarily comfortable. Right. You got to put yourself out there. Yeah. You got to do the things. And if yeah. you know that you really love your choice yeah. and you love the reasons that you're doing it, mm-hmm. then it's just a practice in like getting comfortable with the discomfort that you're going to have to face along the way. Yeah. Which is another big thing I wanted to talk about during mm-hmm. our episode was getting comfortable with being uncomfortable. Yeah. Because I've been hearing that quote a lot. I've been hearing, I heard it on your podcast that I listened to. Mm-hmm. I love that phrase because I... I'm a firm believer that you need to get uncomfortable or you need to get comfortable with being uncomfortable Mm -hmm. because that's when you just see like major changes and shifts happening in whatever it is that you're you're pursuing so if what would your advice be to someone who's saying like I just the thought of changing my routine and the thought Mm -hmm. of getting out of my comfort zone just like cripples me with fear what how would you tell them to kind of help get over that yeah so One of my favorite related quotes is that discomfort is the currency of our dreams. So you have to be willing to face discomfort if you want to create something. Now, we have evolved like from way back when as cave people or whatever. Mm -hmm. um, We've evolved based on certain biological characteristics. And some of those are that our brain is designed to seek comfort and pleasure, avoid discomfort, Mm -hmm. and expend very little energy. Because when you are a cave person, that's really important. Right. You got to like chill when there's nothing happening because you never know that when some tiger is going to come out of nowhere and you have to run. You have to conserve your energy because you um, don't know when there's a famine or when there's food available. You have to avoid being uncomfortable because uncomfortable way back when meant that you like, you know, get hurt in a fatal way and then the species doesn't evolve so our brains are designed to like keep us safe but now in our modern life those things that keep us safe in our brain like being really comfortable all the time they don't actually serve us because we have no threats in our daily life most of us who are fortunate to live in like you know where we live in the first world we don't have like a constant threat where we need to be like let's stay safe don't do anything crazy just stay in your comfort zone so when we still let our brain tell us like just lie on the couch and like watch tv and don't do anything weird and like don't try to make a podcast because god forbid someone might not like it (laughs) when we stay in that we block our own evolution now yeah so the key to having the life that you want in our modern society is that you have to get uncomfortable on purpose you have to seek discomfort Mm -hmm. because the more you practice being uncomfortable the easier it becomes So all the things that you think are so scary, it's usually because you're afraid of the way you think you're going to feel. 
You don't want to do something new in your business because people might not like it. You might right. get rejected. You don't want to go on a date with somebody if you're dating because what if they don't like you? Yeah. Um, all these things that we don't do, it's because we think we might feel a certain uncomfortable way. So then the way to counteract that is to go out there and do the hard things on purpose. Yeah. One way I like to do this is by challenging people to a dare of the day, like Ooh. every day for okay. like a week, a month, whatever you want. Where you think of something, it can be big or small, and you're like really uncomfortable with the thought of doing it, but you want to do it. Like I'm not saying like decide to go skydiving if you have zero desire to do this. (laughs) Like we're not saying you have to do like things that you actually don't want to do. But if there's something that you would like to do, but you're scared, you're going to dare yourself to do it. And you're going to think about and probably write down like, why am I scared Mm -hmm. about this? What do I think is going to happen? What am I afraid to feel? And then you're going to go do the dare. And then you're going to see that you survived and right. like everything is okay, even if it was uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. And then you're going to learn something and you're going to realize I was uncomfortable, but I'm okay. So I can probably be uncomfortable again. Yeah. So that's one of my favorites. Like it can be the tiniest thing. I've, I've, I did one a long time ago where I have like all these like gorgeous high heels mm-hmm. And they just sit in my closet because I don't have anywhere to wear them half the time. And I was like, but I really want to wear these. Like, I want to wear them to the grocery store. But I felt like people might think that's weird and extra. And we, like, live in a casual place. And, like, Mm -hmm. that seems odd. So I dared myself, wear your, like, Louboutins to the grocery store. I love that. (laughs) And it's so little. But I was, like, genuinely, like, afraid that people would be staring or thinking it's strange. Absolutely. And I went and probably nobody even noticed or cared. Yeah. And I felt a little awkward, but I was like, I can feel awkward and still be okay. Yeah. And then afterwards, I was like, oh, that like wasn't even a big deal. So that whatever. Awesome. So that's a tiny dare. I mean, it could be a big dare where you're right. like, publish a podcast immediately yeah. <laughs> and just go with it, you know. But, but really, like getting comfortable, being uncomfortable is how you achieve anything you want. I love that. I love <laughs> that quote because I feel like it's so true. Yeah. I feel like things haven't happened for me in like larger skills without me being uncomfortable yes yeah you have to like go all in you know you have to be willing to maybe like invest a big amount of money in something that feels scary but you know it can be a big payoff yeah you have to you know go all in on your relationship and that can be scary because what if something happens what if you know whatever whatever but if you don't try you'll never get the benefit of the amazing relationship that you could have absolutely Um, So it's, you know, it's just like a practice of we can do hard things. It's okay to be uncomfortable. We're safe no matter what. Yeah. I really liked that analogy of how back in the caveman days, Mm -hmm. like how our brains were wired. And now that's kind of where when we're uncomfortable, that's basically the underlying reason. Yeah. Yeah. I I had no idea about that. Yeah. And I think and I say that I like to mention that because it gives us like a lot of compassion to ourselves too because sometimes we like to beat ourselves up like man why can't I just do this thing like why am I lazy or why am I too scared and it's like well because your brain's wired that way and nothing's gone wrong like it's literally just the way it is and it requires effort to overcome it. So I I like that um, teaching because it's like we're not judging ourselves about it there's a totally good explanation for why it's easy for us to stay comfortable and why it's important for us to get uncomfortable that's awesome so I want to kind of shift the conversation and if someone is feeling like very stuck in their situation Mm -hmm. they feel like they're doing their routine kind of tying back to like they're comfortable they're Mm -hmm. doing what they love to do they know they need to get uncomfortable 
but they just feel super stuck and not really not really knowing where like what road they want to go down Mm -hmm. what what they want to kind of approach next Mm -hmm. in their life Mm -hmm. what would you recommend to someone that's saying like I just feel lost I feel stuck Mm -hmm. I'm in this position I've been working this job for years and I I now want something different but I just don't know how to how to do that yeah yeah so the way I like to start approaching that is just get super honest with yourself and write down a list of like everything that you would love like what would you love at the end of your life to say that you did or accomplished or had and so many times when we try to like ask ourselves okay what do I want to do next we immediately block ourselves Mm -hmm. with judgment or with editing or like oh somebody might not like that or agree so we just shut it down so I start with like radically honest download like on paper no one else needs to see it you Mm -hmm. can like throw it away, away later if you want to but what would you just really love what is speaking to you what is like the crazy idea that's in your head that you wouldn't want to tell anyone yet all of those things write them down what are the ridiculous goals that you like secretly have? Mm-hmm. Like it can be something um, as far as a career. It could be like I want to have, you know, a yacht. Like yeah. it could be anything. It can be a type of relationship that you want to have. Um, anything at all that you just really deeply desire. Mm-hmm. First, you have to get honest with yourself about that. Yeah. And if you don't really know, it's because you're blocking yourself from knowing. Like we all know deep down things that we really want, but we're scared to admit them even to ourselves. So the first step is really just getting super honest Mm -hmm. and being like, letting yourself dare to dream a little bit and making it a safe place. And, And part of that too is giving yourself permission because our brains get very scared to sometimes admit the truth of something that we want mm-hmm. because then we're like, oh my God, then I have to go do it. And that seems really hard. So like if you feel stuck at your current job and you are like, what do I want to do now? I'm not sure. Part of that is your brain is like, well, if you admit that you want to start your own business, then you're going to have to do really hard things and that seems terrible. So yes. let's not even think about that. Yeah. And let's just stay with like, I don't know what I want to do. Mm-hmm. So you want to get really honest with yourself and give yourself permission. I'm going to write down all these things that I desire and I have permission not to do any of them right now or ever. And you just kind of take off that layer of pressure that your brain likes to put. So then you might have space to write down, I really want to start a business. I want to have an eight-figure empire business. I want to find the person of my dreams, like whatever it is. Mm You can write that down and know I don't have to do anything about it right now or ever. Mm-hmm. And it's safe to just acknowledge that I want it. I love that. I can relate a lot when you were talking about how people will not say things and not put it kind of in the universe because mm-hmm. they're afraid, like, if I say this, I like I'm, I'm going to want to pursue it. Like, I'm going to yeah. that's basically putting it into action. You're speaking mm-hmm. on it. And I feel like sometimes I'll hold myself accountable by putting things out there. Mm-hmm. Like if I say I'm going to do this to someone other than just myself speaking out loud to yeah. myself, like Mackenzie, we're going to do this, my little pep talk, then I need to follow through mm-hmm. and kind of forcing myself to hold myself accountable mm-hmm. or having others now be aware of what I want right. to do and they can hold me accountable or mm-hmm. even if they see the 
me talk about it one time and they're like we don't even remember you bringing that up I'm like in my head you're holding me accountable yeah (laughs) yeah it's funny how we do that we think that like all the people are paying really close attention to us and none of the people actually are (laughs) so that's amazing news right because (laughs) you know then it's like well everything I do that I'm so concerned about like what the people think the people are probably not even noticing so you're good um, but yeah, I think it's, I think there is a balance of like, sometimes it is important to like declare our goals so mm-hmm. that we can like f- then take like massive action and feel some extra layer of accountability. And sometimes it's important to just say, it's okay for me to never take action on this if I don't want to, yeah. because then you at least take away the block where you're hiding the truth from yourself. This happens a lot actually, because I coach so much on relationships and you know, most people that want coaching on their relationships, it's because it's not going amazingly well. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're trying to figure out, like, do I even stay in this relationship a lot of the times right. or do I go? And um, there's always this question of, like, you know what you want to do with this relationship. You you know deep down what it mm-hmm. is. But so often people are scared to admit to themselves. And they might be scared to admit that they want to leave the relationship because then they think they have to leave it. Right. And they also sometimes are scared to admit to themselves that they really want to stay in this relationship because then they're like, man, then I'm going to have to like stay and do work and make yep. it good. Yep. So all of those pressures we put on ourselves that we like immediately have to take action, if we can take that layer of pressure off, mm-hmm. then we can at least tell ourselves the truth. Do you and feel, that's important. Yeah. Do you feel like that moment kind of happened for you when you left your previous marriage mm-hmm. and before you met your current husband that yeah. you had to kind of get get real with yourself a little bit and yeah. have that conversation? Oh, for sure. Because I, in my first marriage, I was like so terrified to leave it um, to the point that I convinced myself, like, and I would say to other people, oh, it's fine. I'll, we're just it's fine. We're going to stay married until the kids are 18. And then I'm going to go do my own things. Yeah. Or like it's somehow I would justify it to people like it's totally fine. I'm, I'm OK having this like crappy marriage and just staying in the status quo of that. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, in like 12 or 15 years, then I'll leave it, <laughs> which sounds so crazy to say. Like, what do you mean 15 years right. you're going to wait to be happy? <laughs> like That's what in the world? Time. Yeah. And so when I really looked into it, it was like, I knew deep down that I didn't want to stay in that marriage, even right then at that point. But I was scared to let myself know that because then I was like, then I'm going to have to leave like immediately. And then that felt really scary because I thought, well, who's going to take care of the kids and who's going to do this? Like all the sort of irrational fears or like what will people think kind of fears came up. And so then once I dropped that thing of like, you have to immediately leave if you admit that you want to, Mm -hmm. then I had the freedom to be like, okay, yes, I do admit, like, this isn't actually the marriage that I want to be in. And then I can take as much time as I want, 18 years or five years or one year, I can do whatever I want in terms of actually leaving it. Yeah. But I had the space once I dropped the pressure of, like, you have to do it now um, to just be honest with myself. Because when we lie to ourselves, that's one of the worst feelings that we have. When we're out of integrity with Mm ourselves, like, we know that. And then we feel bad and we're not sure why. So getting honest with ourselves is like one of the biggest keys on anything. Yeah, that's huge. Um, I was listening to a podcast episode of yours and um, it was about 
not knowing. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Using the, yeah. the phrase, I don't know. Yeah. Um, and I really love that. And my sister, actually, I was telling her, I was like, I'm going to do this podcast episode with Allison. And she's a relationship and life coach. And she was super excited. So she, I sent her your podcast oh my God. to start <laughs> listening to you. Love and it. And she pulled out that specific episode. And she's like, I need to listen to this. Mm-hmm. Because she feels like she's in a very, like, I don't know stage. Yeah. There's a lot of opportunities. And she's just not sure what to pursue. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of people are like that I feel like sometimes it can be overwhelming um you're comfortable in one situation but then there's another situation or opportunity that you really want to pursue and all you think to say is like I don't know I just don't know yeah so what if you want to elaborate I'm sure I'm hoping everyone that listens to this episode will now go and listen to your um, (laughs) podcast oh thank you so educational and so informative but if you can kind of summarize why life coaches do not like the term I don't know yeah yeah so it really is this thing of like it blocks your wisdom Mm -hmm. now in that episode I talked about too that like I'm actually not so strict as some life coaches like some life coaches if you say to them in a session I don't know okay they'll be like okay but what if you did know like Mm -hmm. immediately like let's cut that out and figure out what the answer is and there is merit to that of course because like I'm saying you know saying I don't know and living in that I don't know sometimes does block the inner wisdom Mm -hmm. but at the same time I do think it's okay to kind of like be a little bit chill about it and say for a little bit that you don't know yet or like be in the I don't know for a little bit because sometimes that wisdom that is in there that you are blocking it will come to the surface right when you take the pressure off of like oh God, I have to know right now and I have to do something. Because I think a lot of us are really, we're really like intellectual, we're in our head a lot and we're really action oriented. Mm -hmm. Like especially high achieving women who is most of my clients. Yeah. We can like get things done. Absolutely. We're like, okay, like you're one of them. You know, we're like, we're going to do the thing. And so for us, sometimes staying in the I don't know for a little bit is actually important because we're trying to like muscle our way into like make a decision, figure it out, do these things. Um, don't block your inner wisdom and we need to soften a little bit and let it be okay not to know for a little bit Mm -hmm. and let the answer come to the surface so there's it kind of depends on the person like some people really need you to like kick them into like what if you did know like what's the answer stop Mm -hmm. blocking that wisdom Um, and that's kind of their personality type they need a little kick with it but a lot of high achieving women we spend too much time forcing and like trying to decide and we need to like let it be a little bit more flowy so I feel like a lot of things have always been black and white Mm -hmm. and now in this day and age it's not always like that there's a lot Mm -hmm. of like no there can be some gray area there Mm -hmm. can be a little like a little bit of yes and a little bit of no yeah it's kind of crazy that things finally now are slowly getting to that point like how you were saying some coaches are just super like, no, there's no, I don't know. We're yeah. going gonna to resolve this and figure this out. Yeah. But your take is more of a relaxed, like, no, we can comfortably mm-hmm. figure it out. But it doesn't need to be so abrupt. We yes. cannot move forward. We need to figure out the the kind of pit of this, mm-hmm. I don't know. Exactly. So I love that kind yeah. of take on it. Yeah, I think it's really important because, you know, like I say, most of my clients really are high-achieving women. They're doctors. They're in medicine. They're businesswomen. Like, they – they're like pretty badass. So yeah. there's not, I'm not coaching a lot of women that are just like lying around not knowing things. I'm coaching women who are overly like dominant mm-hmm. in some ways. It's funny because I've been thinking a lot about like masculine versus feminine energy. And that's like such a buzzword lately too. Uh-huh. But, 
and I'm someone who like I view myself as very feminine like I like to be girly I mm-hmm. like to like have nice things and be pretty and whatever Absolutely. but what I've realized is that in my medical career and in much of my life I've had a lot of masculine energy of like action and doing and being in charge and being the boss and knowing the answer and that's not always a helpful energy to be in uh-huh. it's great to achieve in your career But in your personal life, in some of your decisions, in your relationships, for sure, when you kind of like soften into the more like receptive feminine energy of Mm -hmm. like, I don't have to know right now. I don't have to know all the answers. I don't have to be in charge. I don't have to do all the actions right now. It's a really helpful balance for a lot of us overachievers. Yeah, I I feel like I can relate a little bit. I feel like I'm similar to like the go, go, go. Mm -hmm. Like I want, I have big dreams and I want to achieve all these dreams and I forget that I can also just relax <laughs> right, and put my feet up and yeah. kind of just enjoy life at the same time. It doesn't yes. have to be so like I need to accomplish X, Y, and Z by this point in my life or I'm yeah. a failure. <laughs> right. And I think that we get so caught up in that, especially like certain personality types that we really maybe have grown up like getting very praised for our, our accomplishments mm-hmm. or we get a lot of external validation and we have a hard time letting go of like that need to constantly be achieving. But when we're so swept up in like doing the next thing and the next thing, we miss all the good parts. Yeah. And so that's an important thing of like the slowing down and enjoying the process. Yeah. Not just the action. I I tell this to myself. (laughs) Yeah. I think this is definitely something I can practice. Yeah. Um, Because I do the same thing. I'll Mm -hmm. set like very high, almost not unrealistic goals, but I set unrealistic timeframes for Mm -hmm. things. And I think, oh, well, that time, that, you know, um, end date came and went, and Mm -hmm. I didn't accomplish what I wanted to, so I must be a failure. I must Mm -hmm. not, you know, Mm -hmm. be good enough to have achieved that. I'm not worthy of achieving it because I didn't do it in that timeframe. And it's so hard but also so rewarding to just be like, no, I can't. I can achieve X, Y, and Z in a yeah. in a man timely manner. Yeah, and not, not I know. Have to kill myself along the way. Yeah, we do. We put so much pressure on ourselves, yeah. and we have like the thing about discomfort and how we need to get comfortable. The other, it's kind of a type of discomfort, but something else that we really need to get more comfortable with and more accepting of is failure. Like we view failure as this horrible thing. Right. Like we're taught in school, like oh, you failed the test. Period. The end. Yeah. Like you suck. <laughs> yeah versus you failed the test let's figure out why you didn't meet your goal in the time frame why let's just figure it out like we don't we have so much stigma about failure and like what it means about us as a person that we don't allow it to teach us so I love to fail on purpose like not on purpose by sabotaging myself but like say I'm gonna do something and then like know that I actually probably won't and that's okay because I'm going to learn so much in the process trying to get there you know like accumulating the fails there's a lot of um like coaching work about like failing faster like when you're building a business or doing something just like do the next thing fail at it do the next thing fail at it Uh and if you fail a hundred times you're probably going to succeed on the next one versus if you're so scared to fail that you never try you're not going to get anywhere yeah absolutely Mm -hmm. I feel like that's it all kind of circles around with like you, it's uncomfortable to, to know you're going to fail. Yeah. But putting yourself out there and knowing like, OK, I'm going to fail this many times, but I can't keep failing. Eventually, I'm going right. to have a, I'm going to succeed and I'm going to yeah. have a win. Yeah. And just having that mindset about it and mm-hmm. not putting, like you said, so much pressure on the fact that 
failure isn't always so detrimental to our lives. <laughs> right. And I mean, in fact, like, because we think like, oh, like failure, that must be really bad and success is really good. But really the bad quote, I mean, nothing's bad, right? But the quote unquote bad thing is being stagnant. Mm -hmm. If you're failing, you're at least moving forward because you're figuring out what didn't work or what you could do differently. If you're never failing, you're probably staying stuck right where you are. You're not moving any forward progress. So that's so true. I've never thought of it like mm-hmm. that. Failing forward. Failing forward. I <laughs> yep. love it. I'm going to use that. Yeah. That's my phrase for 2023. Nice. I'm going to do all the failing forward. I love it. <laughs> That's awesome. Mm-hmm. So do you feel like, because, so you've had your, your lifetime relationship coaching business for two years now about. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, um, just over a year. Yeah. Just over mm-hmm. a year. Formally. Mm-hmm. Um, and do you feel like you're finding a lot of people because of 2020 and going through the pandemic, do you feel like a lot of people are having like major kind of like wake up calls like oh my gosh like what am I doing with my life yes and like very big transitions now mm-hmm. I do I think I mean probably for me that had some influence too like I didn't leave medicine right. to do coaching but that like major pandemic year being in medicine especially really shifted a lot of our perspectives like there was just it was just a really hard time like yeah. so much like backlash and weird you know like false stories coming up around things and us like really literally putting our lives on the line to take care of patients and it was just a really interesting time in medicine and it was hard for everybody in or out of medicine obviously but I think that a lot of the women that I coach who are in medicine had some sort of a big like wake up call or transition during that pandemic Mm -hmm. year of like wait is this really what I want to be doing like especially with relationships too. Yeah. I'm stuck at home with this person. Is this the person I want to actually be with? Yes. <laughs> like, yeah. are these the choices I want to actually make? Like right. so many different levels of transformation have happened, I think, because of that year. So I've seen a lot of people um, almost have like some sort of a midlife crisis type of a vibe yeah. even um, where they're like, I hate my career. Like, I don't know what I'm doing with this or like, my relationship is not what I want Mm -hmm. or, or it's not going the way I want. And like, I got to wake up and try to fix that now because I really want it to be good or whatever. So I do think that that's been such a big influence on all of our lives in so many ways. It's been um, a big reason that I think coaching is like exploding more than ever because people really want some guidance and some help in living their lives with intention. Yeah. I, um, I can't even imagine what being, frontline mm-hmm. during that time I have some family who's in the medical field um but I just like seeing the hours they're working and all of that sadness going yeah. on in such yeah. a short amount of time I mean you see yeah. a lot of sadness I'm sure over like years of working in the medical field but mm-hmm. then for with such a short amount of time period and so much yeah going on I I can definitely see how that would make people reconsider Mm -hmm. their decision to be in medicine. I know a lot of people that are my age that are um, kind of in their mid-20s that are just now getting into the medical field, and they were, like, super excited for it. And then COVID happened right in the beginning for them, and they're like, whoa, pumping the brakes. Like, was – I'm not not set up for this. I'm not equipped (laughs) to be able to handle this. I know. You're right. It was so much, like, concentrated, like, heaviness just all at once. And and along with, like, overworking, underappreciation, like, all the things that you really start to wonder, like, wait, is my mission in life to work or is my mission in life 
to have an amazing life that I enjoy. Right. And so, yeah, I'm sure it's, I know it's so hard for people that are just starting to come into medicine. And I really think that it's been a good thing in some ways that we've learned so much through the pandemic of like what we need to do to actually have like a hospital system that functions better or, you know, people that work there need to have lives and satisfaction and balance and, you know, all of those things. So I think we really have learned a lot, but it's definitely changed like everything about our world Mm -hmm. and especially about medicine. It's like a very different world post COVID. Yeah. Yeah. Do you feel like during the pandemic that's you ever had that moment? Like what, like, is this for me? Is this what I want to do? Is that kind of what maybe prompted you to start thinking about the life and business? I think, yeah. I mean, I think that so much of it was, it was two things. It was feeling like we were sacrificing so much. I mean, because certain areas of medicine were much higher risk, but you know, I'm an anesthesiologist. I'm like in people's airway where all the COVID cooties like spray out of, you know, and these patients are so sick that, you know, it's just, they were, I mean, luckily it's kind of calmed down. So people are not as sick as they used to be, but Mm -hmm. like in the early COVID, those patients were so sick, like on death's door. And it was just so hard to take care of them and feel like you could do anything for them. And so that part of like feeling like I was doing so much, carrying so much heaviness, risking so much and then getting very little appreciation like from the public who had all the conspiracy theories or even you know hospital staffing wise like there was a lot of problems with administration at a lot of places of like not appreciating their staff appropriately so that was a little bit disheartening and gave me a little bit of a wake-up call um and then part of it too was that like I was in actually I was in Arizona during that time and I was in a private practice anesthesia group Mm -hmm. and doing anesthesia we get paid to take care of people for surgery and we didn't have as many surgeries because of COVID we would cancel a lot of people because everybody was too sick we didn't have resources in the hospital and so then as a group we made much less money that year and so it's like then I started to realize oh, medicine doesn't actually pay well. (laughs) Like it does relatively, but not as well as you think. And I thought, this is kind of crazy because in my group, we didn't pay ourselves. Like we were partners that owned our group. We didn't pay ourselves for most of that year. And that was really hard to like not have income. And I thought, you know, medicine, that something that I thought was so stable, it's all subject to change. You just never know what's going to happen. And I thought, you know, I want to be a little bit more in control of my own financial well-being and have the ability to make a business and make money in the way that I want to and not be relying on like is there a pandemic what does the hospital say like all those issues so kind of those things really influenced plus like just the mind management part um, of like how I saw people's mental health deteriorate like during that time and it's still suffering I feel like kids and everybody are like still suffering the psychological um ramifications of like that crazy time and I thought you know there's like so much more that I can offer to people by coaching them right versus just being a doctor that's amazing yeah that really is because I do I I feel like people still are recovering oh my gosh that year yeah I mean they really are I mean I see how people are still like so much more depressed socially awkward I see it in my kids too like who are older and so they've 
they were really aware of like their lack of social interaction during that time and mm-hmm. now they are so anxious to go to school Aww. sometimes or they're so like awkward about things they have their little friend group but it's like just everything shifted even yeah. for the the little ones um so I think there's just so much that we can offer like with coaching and all of those kinds of services absolutely well, I think we kind of covered all of my questions yeah. I had. You had good ones, girl. Thank you. You're a pro. <laughs> I was trying. I was like, oh my gosh, I'm going to be very educated on a life coach after this. <laughs> You're so and amazing. I, yeah. I love it. All the good questions. Yeah. But um, was there anything that you kind of wanted to end with? Any Anything you wanted to touch on that we didn't kind of talk about? or did we? Kind of you know, anything? I think we talked about so much. But yeah. I guess really the take-home message just about like life and relationship coaching yes. in general is that you really get to create your life in any way that you want to. We think that we have to do things a certain way. We think that we are destined to just, you know, go through the motions forever or do the right things or do what our parents wanted us to do or whatever it is. Mm -hmm. But none of that's true. Like, it's all made up. We're making all of our lives up as we go. And you can create it in the way that you want it to be with intention. And that's what I love about coaching is that it really gives you the tools to do that. So... I highly encourage everyone, if they want to know more about coaching, like go check it out. My website is a good source, alisonandersoncoaching.com. And I'm happy always to answer any questions from your listeners. If anybody wants to message me, I'm I'm glad to answer. And do you want to give them your Instagram? I'll add all these to like the notes Mm, on the mm -hmm. podcast. The show notes, Um, yeah. The show notes, yeah. Thank you. I'm like so educated about (laughs) You're like that thing where you write things. With the descriptions, (laughs) that that thing. That's what I know. All all of Allison's information will be there. But if you want to tell them your Instagram and then the name of your podcast. Mm, Yeah. Great information. Oh, thank you. Yeah. Yeah, my podcast is called Up Level Your Relationship and you can find it on all the places where the podcasts are. Um, and then, yeah, I'm mostly on Instagram. That's probably the best place to find me. Mm-hmm. It's just at Allison Anderson Coaching. So come hang out. I'm happy yes. to answer anybody's questions and, you know, build our community amongst fellow female entrepreneurs. I love that. Well, yeah. thank you so much for taking the time out of your day today to come and answer all these questions and just chat with me this was really eye-opening and I had so much fun well thank you it's such a pleasure I love being here so thank you again awesome no problem all right guys well we will see you guys next week and thank you guys for listening bye bye